Welcome to Formula None Podcast, starting from P20. We are two very enthusiastic Formula One fans, and we are back once again to talk about the Formula One, aren't we, Patrick? Oh yeah, we are definitely not hitting the schedule we said we'd do, but we are back now. Yeah, so about that we uh we did fully intend to do some uh summertime for us here in new zealand uh some summertime shows it didn't happen we have uh, had somewhat a bit of upheaval well patrick has in his life uh a bit of moving towns a bit of moving houses more than once um we've had covid we've had the fun of covid and currently i'm enjoying that myself right now so uh we we apologize for being away for so long but uh man are we are we excited to be back uh the other thing i quickly want to cover off because patrick is in the middle of moving houses he uh does not have his normal microphone so his their audio quality isn't the picture pitch perfect we're normally used to hearing that was a real oversight on my part i put it in a box and then I put the box in the back of a container and I forgot about it. And didn't think I'd still be moving out at this point. But here we are. Here we are indeed. So uh, we, um, we have got a lot to talk about. So what we're going to do is we are going to briefly discuss a bit of testing. Um, because I think it is a bit of a story into the first race. Would you agree with that? I didn't watch it, but I'm going to say yes. Well, yeah, I mean, you didn't need to watch it. I, I watched small parts of it, but I followed the testing, uh, listened to okay. a lot of other podcasts um, and stuff like that. And uh, well, then take us away, Nick. Yeah, right. So testing. We had two lots of testing. One of them was called his shakedown because they didn't want to call it official testing because a whole bunch of political reasons, which we won't get into on this air podcast. However, uh, I think the key points note are that Ferrari was like, right on the pace at the start. McLaren looked really good in Barcelona and had a nightmare in Bahrain. Haas had a nightmare in Barcelona. Haas had a nightmare all around. Shall we briefly talk about Haas? So, Russian driver with a Mm. Russian sponsor. Well, Russian driver was there. Let's not not kid ourselves because of Russian sponsor. Yes. That little thing that happens between Russia and, and Ukraine has obviously meant that it was no longer tenable for that car to be sponsored by uh, Ural Kali. That's mm. right. Which is the only reason, let's be honest, that Nikita Mazepin was in that seat. So he got the old heave-ho. And we had a brief bit of excitement, a lot of talking about who the driver was going to be. And then really quickly, we ended up with Kevin Magnussen, which personally, I think that was a good result all round. Mm. I think he's a fast driver. I don't think he deserved to leave Formula 1. I don't think he was that bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and and he had an awful, you know, the uh, you know him and Grosjean suffered an awful final season with Haas. And then when they came to Bahrain, their their car got um, their freight. I think the plane broke down, and the yeah, car well, showed up like delayed. a whole day late. Oh man, yeah. they had it rough. They had it rough. But at the end, when they did get up and running, they looked good. And we know that they didn't do anything last year on their car. They did no development work on their last year's car at all. They spent all their time concentrating on 2022. And in testing, it looked like it actually did all right. Mercedes in trouble. So Mercedes did not look fast any of the days. Um, and not only that, but their car did not look good to drive. So it was mm. it was nasty to drive. And so when we came to Bahrain, it was still in trouble. And I, and I, you know, the trouble with this is Mercedes 
are always telling us they're they're not having a good testing and they're not having a good yeah. car. And everyone's going, oh yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, boy who cried wolf. And yeah. but this time, um, you know, it probably looks like it proved to be correct if we look at the race. Right at the end on the last day, Red Bull bought an upgrade package and they went a lot faster than anyone else. And when testing wrapped up, the general consensus seemed to be that Red Bull looked fastest, comfortably. Mercedes would probably catch up a lot on how where it looked and that Ferrari traditionally flattered to deceive in testing. That's kind of where we ended, but it did seem like the order was probably Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, and then it looked like Mercedes and McLaren were together until the Bahrain test, and then it, that just blew it out the window. So McLaren had some brake cooling problems, and Danny Ricciardo got COVID. So he was unable to test yeah. for in the Bahrain test. So then we move on to the Bahrain race. So they very cleverly put the Bahrain test and the Bahrain race in the same place, so only a weekend apart, which is probably pretty clever when it comes to logistics and cost and stuff like that. In between that period, Sebastian Vettel got COVID. Got COVID. Mm, poor, poor battle battle. Yeah. And uh, who did we get to replace him? Nico Hulkenberg. Hulkenback. Our favourite super sub. Isn't, he's, on, he's on the roster for multiple teams, right? I suspect so. I suspect he's yeah. probably just about anybody's port of call. Practice, nothing too unexpected. I didn't see anything that I didn't go, oh, God, that's not what I was expecting. You traditionally don't watch practice, so uh, we won't worry too much about that. <laughs> and then, well, let's let's hook straight into qualifying. What mm. about qualifying? That was, again, nothing massively unexpected, except I think that was, for me, the first time I was like, okay, McLaren, McLaren really are bad. Yeah. Really are bad. Very slow. Not even like the. You, I think we talked about this. Not even like the car looks like it's in trouble. They just look slow. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, like Williams, you know, you kind of expect them to be slow. There's a few mm. other teams you kind of expect to be slow. I did not expect McLaren to be that bad. Um, no. And it looked it looked like awful for them. And to qualify, though, uh, really what it came down to was that really fantastic battle at the end between. Um, Max and Charles for pole position. Yeah. Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen for for pole position. Uh, they traded a couple of times. In the end, God, you say it looks comfortable. I think it was one and a half tenths of a second. Um, but, you know, I felt like Leclerc had that and probably wasn't going to let it go. Yeah. I I didn't watch testing, so I was surprised at how fast the Ferrari is. Yeah. Oh, well, me too. I watched testing and I, and I, I was surprised too. So, okay. <laughs> um, like okay, I said, good. traditionally they flatter to deceive in testing. Yes. Or they have for, for, for a few years now. Uh, and I, on a side note to that, actually, how good do the cars look? Like, I love them. I think they're, oh, man. yeah. Yeah. Beautiful curves. Yeah. They look a lot better than any other Formula One car, probably that I've, since I've been watching, um, I think. You know, I they don't have too many weird sticky outy bits. The yeah. Ferrari is just stunning. I think that deep yeah. red with the black. Oh, that so that I harks think... back to the nineties. Oh, okay. So I didn't like the color. I feel like it looks too burgundy, but I do like the bodywork. Oh. Well, you're wrong. So that's easy. Oh well. Next. Okay. Cool. Um, Good podcast. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> um, um, I think the ground effect rules with the lack of aero on top makes all the cars a lot sleeker, especially with the rear Absolutely. wing being slightly curved yeah. it looks gorgeous yeah it really does um i think the the you know the designers but and the other thing is is that there's still a reasonable gap between how the cars look 
which yes. I'm surprised about and I really like. Same. They're not yep. all the same basic cookie cutter car with different livery. No. No. Mm. No, they look they look great. Haas. So Kevin Magnuson. Oh my god. Uh, what do you call <laughs> it? P seven? P P seven. Crazy. So good. And so and good. not because of any unusual circumstance. He no, literally because of merit. Yeah. But yeah, he had the pace. He qualified seventh on pace. The interesting thing straight away to me, and maybe I'm being harsh, is the gap between him and, and Mick. Uh yeah. Half yeah, a second. Agreed. I yeah. did not see that coming. I I thought because this. both drivers Yeah, sorry, you go, you go. Oh no, I just I was gonna say I thought this exactly the same during qualifying. Because I thought like, oh maybe mixed cars failing, but it it's not. It's just maybe Kevin is just a much better driver having driven in Formula One for longer. But that's a big gap between teammates. Yeah. I yeah, I, I mean there could be some kind of exceptional circumstance. I I feel like there might have been something that happened to Mick, but I can't remember, but it's still it still did surprise me. Now, uh, Jack Nichols, a BBC um, F1 commentator, pointed this out, which I think is real interesting. So he's got this um, this argument that we say in Formula 1 it's all about the car, which to a large extent is true, but let's put Haas into perspective. So you've got uh, Kevin Magnussen on one end, qualified seventh. You've got Mick Schumacher, half a second-ish behind him, qualified 13th. You have Mazepin, half a second behind him, would have qualified probably last, I think. True. So, the car looks good, but had the drivers not changed this year, had other world events not occurred, that Uh car probably would have qualified 13th and 20th, and we'd be saying, wow, Mick's done a pretty good job in an average car, in a crappy car. Probably not the case. So that is, yeah, real good. The way that that, um, that driver change has given us a whole different perspective on that car and its capabilities is quite interesting. Now, I'm not for a minute saying that last year's Haas would have qualified in the top 10, but I am just saying it's not just down to the car, and this is why it's good for Magnussen to be back. Yeah, I think so. On the note of gaps between teammates, I am stoked that Russell qualified just behind Hamilton. Really? So, yeah. I was going to talk about this later. I'm surprised how far apart they are. I oh, okay. genuinely thought, genuinely thought that, uh, I thought that, that um, Russell would potentially get close to out qualifying Hamilton. I thought he would be faster in qualifying and not quite have the race pace. But, I, I mean, that was a much bigger gap than I thought. They both had the same amount of time in that car. It's a brand new car. I, I am surprised. I am surprised. I mean, I back Russell. He is the guy. I'm yeah, I know. The team, but I still don't like. I still think he's quite fresh and doesn't have the pace. I'm just very happy he got as good. I've also arguing different different spectrums here. Yeah, well, I, to be honest, I also thought because the car was more difficult to drive, I actually thought that Russell might do better in it potentially because he has traditionally been driving crappy cars, right? Mm. So I thought he'd be more used to it. Um, that didn't happen. It was only one qualifying session, and a sample size of one is notoriously dangerous. So, mm. um, I expect him to be closer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I expect him to be closer. I really do, uh, and I think that was. I think he will get closer. I think he he mucked up his qualifying laps, probably pushing a bit hard. So, anyway, we're uh, 
We've done quite a bit of qualifying. It was great qualifying. That battle at the end, Charles Leclerc made it. And um, Oh, and one more note. Hulkenberg beat Stroll. Yeah. That is not a good look. He had, I believe, 100 laps in the simulator total, and that is his extent of driving the car, and that was um, some weeks before as well. So not even probably the car that they had on the track. You know, not yeah. the same spec as the car they had on the track, and he beat him in qualifying. That is pretty embarrassing in my book. We talked about um, this last year, and I'm not going to say outright it's just because their fathers have money, but the drivers whose fathers are the main sponsor or owner of the teams, you know, so far haven't had the best track record of winning. No, and I also think that Albon has also shown, you know, Latifi really struggled, really struggled for pace this weekend. Yeah. I, the other thing is the new cars are apparently harder to drive. So they are yes, real sort of like trucks through the slower corners. And I think the better drivers will probably come to the top in that case because they, they'll find a way. There's some, been a lot of interesting chat, actually. I'm going miles off on a tangent again, but there's been a lot of interesting chat about how apparently Max Verstappen has really changed his driving style and it's really smooth this year. So he's obviously gone, this is the best way to extract from the car, I need to drive mm. more smoothly. So he's completely changed his driving style, which is really interesting. And and it will be interesting to see if he stays that way through the season or he gradually drifts back towards a more aggressive style. Mm. Mm. Right, let's talk about the race. Yeah, go on. So, pretty normal start. I don't think there was anything too spectacular apart from Mick Schumacher got spun by Ocon, I think it was. And he recovered well he did recover that was a good recovery actually it was amazing it looked planned yeah 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 it looked very good it looked like a video game i was like when mm, i saw him get spun around i was like oh he must be at the back yet and then i was looking at the at the graphics and i was like oh no he wasn't H- holding point what do you think of those new graphics because i think they are garbage mm, yeah i was talking to my partner about them and we like ah oh, that's an interesting way it's really hard to see honestly yeah like, I know what I'm the quali- looking for. I still can't The qualifying tell. one was... Yeah, the qualifying one was broken. Like, it would show... Like, it showed a purple sector for yes, yes. George Russell plus two when seconds. it wasn't even the fastest yeah. sector and then it still I got know. beaten by someone else and it was still showing purple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, just the colour scheme. Not yeah. easy to read. Third biggest sport in the world and they can't get the graphics right. Like, what? What are the top two? Soccer and basketball? Olympics. Football World Cup oh. and Olympics are the only two sports that out TV audience Formula One, but they occur once every four years instead of every year. Mm. So uh, TV audience-wise, yeah, that's where it sits. Anyway, bit of a bit of a detour there. We're back back to the start of the race. Um, make sure you get spun around. So it all kind of goes evens evens, and Charles Leclerc leads away. And personally, I was just waiting for Verstappen to pass him. I. Oh. Genuinely thought he's going to wait a couple of laps, then he's going to get in the slipstream, and whoo, he'll be gone. Didn't happen. I mean, he passed him. A bit later on, he did. A bit later on, he did. And then take him, and then take yeah, back, but and then pass him and got taken back. Not, yeah, not in that first stint. Yeah, so not a lot happened until the first stint, and then I think Verstappen was four seconds behind Leclerc when mm. he pitted. Leclerc pitted the lap later, I think. Maybe, yes, yeah. And we're still ahead. And they were next to each other. So the undercut was massive. 
And then we got treated to a three or four lap battle between the two of them. Absolute, like, really fair, firm, but fair fighting. Much more fair than what we saw last year between Verstappen and Hamilton, which I find really interesting. But it was very fair. It looked like the Red Bull had better straight line speed than the than the Ferrari. So I'm actually wondering if they run a lower they ran a lower downforce setup this weekend or last weekend because the Red Bull had a better straight line speed, but from everything I'm hearing, the Ferrari has got more power. Yeah. If but, we have battles like that for the rest of the year, I am gonna be so pleased. Oh, it was so good. And it you know, was so good because as you say Verstappen didn't zoom off into the sunset. He zoomed off and then Leclerc got the slipstream and took it back. And yeah. the kind of following they had, obviously, the smart people at the FIA and talking about aerodynamics know what they're talking about because now when you're behind somebody, you're not getting all the dirty air and just losing a ton of downforce and speed. You're actually still able to race as yeah. effectively. Yeah, so good. So good. So yeah. good. So they, they cannot still follow, like, nose to tail and in no like high-end motorsport you can follow nose to tail when the car's going that fast because of um you know when you come up to a corner the car's compressed it just won't work but i'm pretty happy with that for formula one i think that was a real win so Mm. in the end after all the battling charles leclerc won out stayed ahead and in fact i think he outsmarted verstappen because if you listen to post-race he talked about the fact that he knew verstappen was going to come past him he kind of let him he gave yeah, he did to maintain the, and then he sped up to get the DRS. Yeah. Afterwards, because he knew he could take it back. Genius move. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. So now, whether Verstappen's car just meant it had to be that way or not, I haven't seen Max Verstappen get outsmarted on track very often. But yeah, it was real interesting. And I tell you what, if the championship is between these two, like you were talking about two top line drivers, we're not missing out on anything just because it's not Hamilton versus X or mm. Verstappen versus, yeah. you know, like. Leclerc is a top line driver um, and he really showed it I thought made a few mistakes over the weekend but generally speaking pretty good I feel like we have more pit stops than was expected there was uh, yeah there was a, a lot of cars pitting much earlier than I thought they would and some odd tyre choices as well um, stints on hards that just looked awful oh yeah so yeah. let's talk about that for a moment because Hamilton went to hards didn't he and then they put Russell on hards and then they pitted Hamilton like three laps before Russell because the new hards weren't working but they yeah. left Russell on the hards like a guinea pig yeah quite in, quite interesting um you know and McLaren tried the hards as well I mean they were pretty much at the back anyway but yeah, yeah they really really struggled the hards um uh, yeah so did he know was it two stop or three stop race in the end I think it was three wasn't it I see I thought it was four for this happened but it may have been three I think it was four yeah I think it was three right anyway on the final stop Max Verstappen picked up some steering damage. I don't know exactly how it happened. I heard, I caught yeah. wind of, they dropped it on a funny angle or something off the front nose, uh, off the nose jack. Yeah, it sounded and, like it bounced on the ground. Yeah, and it bent, bent the steering arm. Um, and he started saying straight away, something's not right here. And then almost straight away after that happens, Gasly's car catches fire. Yeah. And oh it really caught fire too. Like it wasn't like a little yeah. fire, it was a proper fire. So safety car comes out. And I'm going, right, after everything we've seen so far between Charles Leclerc and Verstappen, Verstappen's car comfortably fast in a straight line, he's probably going to have this. But he's still got these steering issues. And what he was saying was it was basically got really hard to turn at certain places, mm. like almost locked up. And that's a geometry change, I think, that made that happen. Right. So, yeah, so they um, this, the restart happens and Max is nowhere near, oh, like he starts near Claire, 
but quickly drops back and actually has to really defend from Carlos Sainz on the on the way down to turn one. And then he starts immediately talking about, I'm having some issues, I'm having some issues with the battery, and the team's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah no, you're I fine. Am. Yeah, yeah. So he thought there was battery issues. There was some other issue. It sounds like it's a fuel-related issue, and I'll talk about this after we got to the end of the race, because eventually the team said, okay, we can see your problem. It's not the battery. And Max is like, okay, what can I do? And they're like, nothing <laughs> and yeah, he, gotta, he had to retire. retire the car yeah and that was like a pretty pretty gut-wrenching for him i think um not a good way to start the championship yeah and so we have a ferrari one two the first one two for ferrari since singapore 2019 i believe a very long time coming mm. uh with uh, obviously carlos science finishing second and hamilton somehow oh oh actually we forgot Perez Correct. had the same problem. Perez was in third yeah. place, getting harassed. I'm picking they were losing engine powers, they're having the issue, and then his engine cut out, locked his uh, locked his brake, um, his rear wheels up into the turn one. Yeah, and that was it. That was the end of it. And uh, we've just got someone in the live chat saying, "Stop the count, uh, Ferrari constructors and drivers champions." <laughs> 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 and yeah, so out of nowhere. Hamilton gets third, and I, I guess yeah. that is Hamilton. I saw a lot of people on Twitter, oh, God, F1 Twitter makes me mad sometimes. There's no end to this dude's luck. Okay, it was lucky. What's he meant to do about that? Like, he was still the yeah. best-placed guy to pick up the, you know, the pieces when it fell over. No one else was sure. there. He was there. So, yes, there's an element of luck. That is motor racing. He was That's the one sport. that went... Yeah, that is sport, exactly. And he was there to pick up third place. And that is, that third place for him, if they sort their car out, that third place could be absolutely critical instead of what could have easily been a fifth place. Yeah. Yeah. Who finished finished fifth, Patrick? Russell? No. Bottas. No, Magnussen. Ah, Yes. Magnussen. Yes. Oh, we forgot to mention, actually, to go back a step, Bottas out-qualified Russell. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's what I was trying to... I was like, we haven't talked about that. Where does he fit in? No, yes. no, no. Which we must, forgot, I must forgot feel that. good. Yeah. Must feel so good. Oh, fantastic. Up. Some good memes. Some great memes for that. Uh, yeah, when he, when he um, out-qualified Russell. So he, he... I can't remember where he finished in the end. Bottas had, had a horror start, but he came back pretty well. Um, but yeah... Kevin Magnussen, fifth place. What a moment for mm. us. No points last year at all. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, they made it. The, uh, I, I'm not sure that's PR, their PR person, but somebody made a glib comment in the Haas team saying they earned more points in two hours than they have in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. It must have felt so good for um, Magnussen as well, you know, sort of being out in the wilderness after that. Something else I picked up on as well. I noticed that generally speaking, the teams ended up, the cars ended up in the order of their team. So what that sort of tells you is that in this case, Bahrain was a very car-specific track. You know, it was, so in qualifying, apart from the odd one, where you expect there to be a difference, it was basically Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, and then whatever the other cars, I can't remember exactly what the other cars were, but they were fairly well-ordered in in line of team, Mm. which says more car track than driver track, to me anyway. That's sort of one of the things I look out for when I'm thinking about, is this a, is this track really car dependent or is it driver dependent that's one of the things you can look out for and the other thing was most of the back teams were mercedes engine cars most of the front teams teams. were ferrari engine cars Mm. something Mm -hmm. to watch out for if that becomes a pattern then i think we will see part of the story of this championship forming quite quickly is 
how so the engines are frozen now they've got a new fuel and to oh. that point the fuel is e10 e10 yeah so it's got some uh environmentally friendly which whatever i can't see how it can be environmentally friendly more environmentally friendly fuel but it has some different uh, they had less horsepower and they also have an issue with vaporizing apparently when it gets uh, when they when they start having less gas and it sounds like that's what's happened to red bull so I was reading before, earlier this afternoon, Red Bull say that they had a vapor lock in their pump system, uh, and that oh. occurred because basically the gas, what when there's less gas left in the tank and it gets hot, it starts vaporizing and puts air into the system. And apparently Red Bull never got around to doing a hot run out of gas in testing, which is a thing that teams do. So they run their car until it runs out of gas, to see how much fuel is left when it runs out of gas so they know how much fuel to put in the car. Red Bull apparently right. did not do that. Yeah, and therefore they didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, they didn't do it, didn't not do it out of arrogance. I think it was just didn't work out in the end their testing schedule. They ran out of time to do it and maybe they assumed it would be okay. But right. yeah, interesting, interesting speculation. We've got another Grand Prix this weekend, Patrick. I do. We do. I do. I don't. I'm not driving. Yeah. Well, I do you, have another question. You do about have it, one to watch. I do. I'm excited. Why is it Jeddah though? What's up? Is this the I, politics? They're close money? to each because other. I thought. I guess. Yeah. Melbourne money. was first. No. Uh, so if you took COVID out of the picture, Melbourne probably would have been the first race. But apparently, while I love Melbourne being the first race because I can watch it live, Same. you know, at a reasonable hour, I don't think most of the rest of the world enjoys it. So well, uh, do, Melbourne do. Grand Prix is in April, I believe, mm, it is. and in a different April, time. I would be going next year, and I think next year, I think we should be talking about a Formula None podcast live from Melbourne. Oh, that that would be a fun trip. Right. Anything else you want to cover off from the weekend? We have, uh, we currently have in the chat, we have someone offering. Uh, Steve, Steve is offering to hold the mic for us at the uh, at the at the live uh, from Melbourne podcast. So. <laughs> Well, we will need roadies if we go on the world tour if I win lotto. So, Steve, you can come. As long as you remember to get your microphone out of the container. Mm. Any other... Only other question yeah. I have. Yes, go. What do you think about the new sprint race? Because they are back, which is great. They are back in a reduced number to what was originally planned for this year. Um, I think that comes down to teams wanting more money and Formula One going, no... Uh, and that's about that's about <laughs> it. Um, so I think they uh, agreed to disagree, and I th maybe it's just three. I think it was meant to be six, and I think it's back down to three again um, for this year. I know they're still very contentious topic, uh, and they've changed the tracks as well. I think some of the tracks last year didn't make any sense. Like Brazil made sense because it's a good track to overtake on. Monza, I don't really see the sense in running a sprint race in Monza. If you want to encourage overtaking put it on a track that's good for overtaking. Now, this year may be different, mm. but I don't know. I did, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit bummed out in hindsight that we didn't get to do a testing um, podcast because I really want to talk about some of the things that are new with the car this year, but maybe we can make sure we cover it off at each race. We can do a supplemental one. Fine. Cool. Well, I think cool. that's it. Yeah. I'm excited just for the frequency of Grand Prix this year. 23 is amazing. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll catch you next time here on Formula None.